The WLEW Sports Network presents The Strong Side with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, and Paul P. Adams. The Strong Side is presented by Active Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine, Randy's Hunting Center, 269 Guns, Thumb Bank and Trust, Thompson Chevrolet, Go Thompson, and sure, better health, better life. You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network. The regular season is nothing but a page in the record books, and now all focus is on the playoffs. Good evening and welcome to the WLEW Sports Network's presentation of a two-hour postseason special of The Strong Side on Sports Radio 1021. I'm Clark Ramsey, your host, and joining me tonight is a true professional. He even has a license to prove it. Please welcome Dave Hansen. Thank you, Clark. Uh, good to see you, Paul. Uh, I can't believe it, but nine weeks are behind us, and uh, we get to see where our teams get placed in the district for uh, first round of playoffs. Also in studio with us is the sports editor of the Huron County View, Paul P. Adams. Yeah, it's good to be back. The nine weeks always goes fast, and uh, but that's this is what it's all about now. Get these out of the way, and uh, now the real fun is about to start. Sandusky and USA punch their ticket to the postseason with each clinching their sixth win this past Friday. That means from the Greater Thumb Conference, Harbor Beach, Cass City, Ubley, USA, Sandusky, and Lakers still have a little more football in front of them. They sure do, and uh, of course uh, they usually get all paired together, bunched up in some way, shape, or form, so we should have some great matchups in the next coming weeks. Yeah, we have some top-tier teams that I think are poised to make some deep runs. It's an in-depth look at the final week of the regular season in the beginning of the playoffs. For the next two hours, it's all right here on Sports Radio 1021 in com. The Strong Side is presented by Thumb Bank and Trust, Active Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine, Randy's Honey Center, Thompson Chevrolet, and Sure. Left side or right side, you're listening to The Strong Side. When it comes to buying a new vehicle, the choice is simple. Thompson Chevrolet. Located on M19, just north of Ubley, it's a short drive to find the best quality cars, trucks, and SUVs on the market. Come in and check out the all-new Chevy Blazer, Chevy Equinox, or the strongest, most advanced Chevy Silverado in its history. With free pickup and delivery available on service appointments. With GM-certified mechanics, keep your vehicle in top running shape year-round with Thompson Chevrolet. If your next new vehicle is not on the lot, they can get it for you. No problem at all. 2020s are now in stock, so come in, check them out, and see why so many go Thompson. That's GoThompsonChevrolet.com. GoThompsonChevrolet.com. side or right side you're listening to the strong side on sports radio 1021 and live and worldwide at wlwsports.com clark ramsey dave hansen and paul p adams with your call tonight of the strong side we had friday off we were in uh, all other directions and here we are back on sunday it's a big night selection sunday across the state of michigan we will announce the brackets at 7 p.m tonight in the meantime though let's recap week number nine the final week of the regular season in the nctl eight player football a whole slew of games. Ashley hosted Litchfield. They won 45-36. to Morris blanks Weberville, 56 nothing. Flint International shuts out Burton Madison, 52 nothing. Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart wins over Genesee, 50-26. to Caseville forfeits to Carsonville Port Sanilac in the NCTL White. Owen Gage forfeits to New Haven Merritt. And Bay City All Saints blanks Akron Fairgrove, 48 nothing. 
in the NCTL Blue. Deckerville secures the NCTL Blue Championship outright with a shutout against Peck, 48-0. North Huron beats Burton Atherton, 46-20 on the road. And Kingston wins at home against Mayville, 40-22. No real surprises there. Everybody did what they were supposed to do. Uh, really nice uh, way to end the season for Deckerville. Uh, poor Peck got shut out, but I, I think we needed to see something uh, pretty nice out of Deckerville. Uh, Kingston finishing 7-2 and two in, in uh, second place in the blue. I think after an opening season, really a beatdown by Me- by Morris, uh, really recovered well and only lost since then was a one-score game to, to uh uh, Deckerville. So we're looking at a possible regional championship of, of Deckerville Kingston. Uh, I'd love to see that rematch. Oh, that would definitely be worth the price of admission. Uh, Kingston with an exciting finish there over Mayville, a tough opponent. Probably the only game on the slate that was uh, even worthy or maybe had a question of going the other way, but a team that's got me scratching my head a little bit. Uh, the North Huron Warriors, they, they lost 18 to nothing to Deckerville but they give up 20 points to Burton Atherton. It makes no sense to me. They they can hold Deckerville to 18, but Burton Atherton gets 20, and I'm probably garbage time touchdowns, but it just goes to show the upside that the North Huron Warriors have. I don't know if they can put four quarters together, but uh, that's kind of a fun little team, but it certainly is an all-Deckerville-Kingston rematch that we're looking forward to. In the Greater Thumb Conference, uh, all crossover games are non-conference here. Cass City hosted Ubley in one of the uh, most anticipated games of week number nine. Cass City wins 27-6 in Cass City over Ubley. USA shuts out Brown City at home, 37-0. Harbor Beach goes on the road and gets a victory 21-6. Sandusky hosted Bad Axe, and this one was right down to the wire. We'll have more on this one later, but Sandusky wins 22-21, and Sandusky secures that sixth victory of the season. Bad Axe finishes at 4-5. and five. In non-conference games, North Branch hosted Carroll. It was North Branch 38-0. Saginaw MLS hosted Reese. MLS wins 21-15. Vassar gets their first victory of the season, beating Otisville-Lakeville 48-19. Marine City Cardinal Mooney, the Cardinals, take out Memphis 41-21. Memphis finishes 0-9. Armada wins over Marlette 41-26. And Emily City over KPAC 34-3. Oh, poor Emily City. Since you brought them up, uh, thought they thought they did enough to get into the playoffs. Had to come down to a coin flip this morning in East Lansing. They lost a coin flip to Durand and Emily City, who has been a perennial doormat, loses a coin flip and does not get into the playoffs. I feel I feel terrible for those kids. It's unbelievable. Both teams five and four. The exact right down to the T. Exact amount of playoff points. Unbelievable how. 2019 how sophisticated this is supposed to be and it comes down to a coin flip uh so it is too bad for emily city but a couple uh really good games obviously in sandusky where uh you know keep in mind no delorean wedge so this team was handicapped but bad x had him on the ropes and give up a late touchdown so a really exciting game there and uh you know little head scratcher there in lakers I, i i hope that they put together their best effort they've had in quite a few weeks and kind of rejuvenated but uh that harbor beach team a little slow uh, obviously only scored seven points in three quarters. Uh, that's not going to cut it. They're not rolling like you'd like them to see coming into playoff time. An, an absolute heartbreaker for uh, Bad Axe as well. That that one didn't come down to a coin flip. But, and uh, you have to believe if they were able to win that game, Bad Axe is in the playoffs. And that really changes the landscape of uh, of things. When, when we were talking about Cass City being just one student away from being Division Eight, a team like Bad Axe slipping in there, uh, Knocks would, them have, down. would have likely knocked them down. So just a heartbreaker for Bad X. 
Well, you did not hear Dave or I on the air on Friday night, but the WLW Sports Network was on the road at Lakers, host, as the Lakers were hosting Harbor Beach. In the first quarter, absolutely no score. In the second quarter, Lakers actually strikes first with a McCain 21-yard pass to Anthony Sheridan. Two-point conversion fails at 6-0 Lakers. Later in the second, Dylan Kadar connects with Nathan Seaman for a 65-yard catch and run into the end zone, and the PAT from Woodkey is good, and it's 7-6 to Harbor Beach, and that would be your score entering halftime. It would be that same score entering the fourth quarter, no score in the third, and then about, I'd say about halfway through the fourth is when Devin Puff breaks free from four yards in. PAT from Woodkey is good, and it's 14-6 to Harbor Beach by eight, and just a few moments later, less than three minutes to play in the game, Michael Anderson he runs in from a yard out. The PAT from Woodkey is good again, and it's 21-6 Harbor Beach, a 15-point victory over the Lakers. Harbor Beach finishes the regular season at 9-0, and but uh, not the most impressive victory for Harbor Beach. Certainly not. Uh, we're going to talk about Cass City later, but uh, you see them with a statement victory showing that they are ready for a playoff run. And on the other side of things, you Kind of got a sluggish Harbor Beach team. I've been trying to think of the word to describe them. Yes, they got the win, but through three quarters, this is a one-point game. A failed two-point conversion from Lakers had them down one through three quarters, and it just kind of looked like it felt like Harbor Beach just was there. They just wasn't motivated. They didn't seem like they really gave too much interest in this game, and it took Lakers to score first for them to jumpstart that offense and kind of get the offense going and then come out of halftime a little bit sluggish again. This team barely managed 200 yards on a Lakers team that is banged up. Um, they just This team is a young, a bunch of different names you saw in the stat sheet for Lakers. They're trying to find anybody to come in and play, and I, and I thought Coach Verberg did a nice job of putting pieces together, come up with a nice game plan to keep this game close, but I certainly thought Harbor Beach was just too talented for a score that was this close. I was going to say, Dave, you got to, you know, we're, we're we're talking a lot about Harbor Beach and and rightfully so, but hey, you got to tip the hat to Lakers as well. This was a team that was given no shot to win this game at all, and for three quarters was one point down to the number two team in the state and a perennial uh, state title contender. Uh, that that shows me uh, a lot of a lot of heart, a lot of grit. These Laker kids did not give up. They they knew they were they were a huge underdog, but that didn't matter to them. And uh, you know, eventually the talent took over but uh you know big tip of the cap to uh to lakers in this one but as far as harbor beach goes coach shucky will tell you straight out he doesn't care about a, a great you know a stylish win an impressive win he just wants to win games 21 to 6 it gets it done you don't get you don't get style points in the mhsa you get points for wins that's what harbor beach did they took care of their business they got this win but with that said it just seems like something's off and i think this is a team that really runs on high emotions uh this is there's no question that this is a very talented team uh but they 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 run well on their emotions and uh, i think it's just a team that was looking maybe to get this regular season over with and uh, get geared up for the playoffs at least i hope but the last four weeks and it really started with or last three weeks it started with usa that second half of usa something happened there and it was not good and th- this just seems as a little bit of a carryover to that and again, I'm not sure if it's, you know, we want to be healthy. We want, we have a limited roster. We have zero depth. You know, we have a couple guys that can come in and play, but you know, it's, if one guy goes down, you just lose so much. And I don't know if that has something to do with it, but yeah, so win is a win. I'll give them that. I just, I think the expectation was this was their game to come out, put up 20 right away and just kind of put this game in hand and then coast to the end. 
um, and just kind of, you know, take our win, stay healthy, go home, and then let's gear up and let's bring the A team that we can participate and put on the field with Harbor Beach. So I was just a little surprised to guess it's not a knock on anybody. I just, I think this team has a lot more to offer, and I hope to see it starting on Friday. If there's a team that can flip the proverbial switch, it's Harbor Beach. This team has been there. They've done that. This is a state semifinalist from a year ago. They know what it takes to, to make long playoff runs. And I, I think you will see that flip that that switch flipped here uh, coming week 10 and, and beyond, at least I hope. Harbor Beach ended up with 14 first downs, Lakers at 13. The most uh, stat that's sticking out in my mind here. Harbor Beach had one penalty for five yards. Lakers had 15 penalties for 110 yards of the yellow handkerchief. Dylan Cater led the way in rushing for Harbor Beach with eight carries for 35 yards. Ethan Hessling, seven carries, 29 yards. In one fumble, Devin Huff, uh, six carries, 28 yards in a score. Michael Anderson, four carries, 18 yards, a touchdown, but two fumbles on top of that. Dylan Cater, eight for 12 through the air for 120 yards in a score. Nathan Seaman brought in three receptions for 94 yards in a score. Michael Anderson, four receptions for 30 yards. Lakers was led by freshman Ethan Wisner, 11 carries and 53 yards, and he left the game in the third quarter uh, with concussion-like symptoms, so he would have had a big later third and fourth quarter for him as well. Regardless, though, Harbor Beach finishes 9-0. Lakers at 6-3. and They are in the playoffs. And, and that's what matters. This is what what we haven't really talked about. Is, is This is a young Lakers team, a very, very young team, starting a freshman quarterback with McCain and uh, juniors and sophomores still playing vital roles. So this team is going to get at least one postseason game, and, and that's experience as you, for you to carry into next year and motivation. So this is huge for Lakers to to qualify for the playoffs again and get more experience for these young kids absolutely it's a it's a different atmosphere practice is different uh, everything changes and it becomes more intense it becomes more precise and it's a great opportunity for lakers and especially with all the injuries and things they've dealt with throughout the season this is a really nice good feeling thing for a team that is a little bit ahead of where they really should be in my opinion i think this team has a lot a bright future coming maybe even as soon as next season in 2021 for sure third down conversions Harbor Beach was three for seven for 42 percent Lakers was five of 22 for 22 percent fourth down conversions Harbor Beach didn't have a single uh, attempt Lakers two for 11 so anyway so Lakers uh gets in at six and three they will be in division seven we'll talk about their pairings later in the game in the show here Howard Beach finishes at 9-0. They will be in Division 8. It's time for a short break. On return, we'll be taking a look at the crossover game between Cassidy and Ubley right here on Sports Radio 1021. When we ask, are you sure? We just don't mean it in the sense of utilizing one of our primary care clinics or pharmacies in Pigeon, Caseville, Elton, or Seawing. Or stopping by our vision center, senior living, our wellness center, or walk-in clinic that's open more days than Bronner's. When you're sure, it's a whole lot more. It means being one with the community. Our team of nearly 500 healthcare professionals wear a lot of hats, especially in the community. Sure teammates are organizers of local festivals, active members in chambers of commerce, volunteers at food pantries, teammates for Relay for Life, coaches for youth soccer, Board members of local nonprofit foundations. They organize parades, are active in church, donate to charity, and they'll even sit on a roof for a good cause. So when we say we are sure, it's just not providing the best health care in the entire thumb. 
it's caring about the thumb for a better thumb. No matter the temperature or type of weather we have, we've got your back. Because we know you have ours, too. Sure. Better health. Better life. Are you sure? Left side or right side, you're listening to The Strong Side on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Paul P. Adams on our two-hour postseason special. We'll be on there all the way through 8 p.m. when we announce our brackets in conjunction with Fox Sports Detroit Plus tonight at 7 p.m. In the meantime, we're discussing week number nine. Cass City and Ubley faced off in a crossover game in Cass City on Friday and it was certainly a good one to start out with. First quarter, five minutes in, Ubley's Casey Sweeney runs in from four yards out. Two-point conversion fails. Ubley is leading 6 nothing. But for the rest of the way out, all Cass City. Four minutes after that, 3.22 to go in the first. Alex Perry rumbles in from five yards away. Two-point conversion is good, and Cass City leads 8-6. to six. Second quarter, then no scoring, so that would be the score at half, 8-6 to six as well. Into the third quarter... About eight and a half minutes into the third quarter, 3.37 remaining, Cassidy's Hayden Horn with a 73-yard burst for the score. The two-point conversion fails, so it's still a one-possession ball game, 14-6, Cassidy leading. On to the fourth quarter, 5.22 remaining, Cassidy, Hayden Horn within his second score of the night, a 19-yard run. Two-point conversion fails again, and so Cassidy leads by 14 points, 20-6. And then three minutes later, they throw an insurance run, a minute 14 left in regulation, Jordan Messer with a two-yard run. For the score, the PAT is good from Tom Reijauer in the 27-6 victory for Cass City. Caps off an eight-win streak to finish out the regular season, winning, losing in week one and have not looked back since. Losing in week one to a very good Montrose team that finished the season 8-1 uh, only by two points. So uh, a quality loss. And then uh, since then, Cass City hasn't allowed an opponent in double figures. And this was an ugly team that was averaging over 40 points a game coming into this game. And we, and we wondered, hey, you know, what's going to happen when Cassidy faces a good offense? Well, what I saw was even on that first drive uh, for, for Ubley, even though Ubley scored, the base offense wasn't working. What happened there was uh, putting Casey Sweeney out, out left, out right. They had to swing him outside because nothing in the middle was working. And that was the story of the whole game for Ubley. The base offense didn't work. And, uh, you know, after the game, you know, I, I kind of leaned in and listened to a little bit of the postgame uh, talk from, from Coach Bill Sweeney. He says, we threw everything we had at him. They had nothing left to throw at Cassidy. Cassidy took Ubley's best shot and just kept going. And the one name we didn't even mention, or you didn't mention, is Sanda Cathrell. Sanda Cathrell was hurt. He has a shoulder injury. Hopefully, he'll be back. But this team manhandled Ubley in ways that I haven't seen in a, in a few years without its best player. Uh, this is a very, very dangerous team. This team, it, it, it deserves all the praise that it's been getting, uh, it, it's for real. This team's for real, and I feel like we got robbed of a possibly great game uh, by one student for Cassidy not falling down to Division Eight to give us a true, uh, a greater thumb conference champion. But I can't say enough about what I saw on the field. For one game, 
that I've seen. And I've seen nine games from start to finish. That was the best performance I've seen from a team, including what Ubley did to USA in week one, because I kind of throw that out. These were two teams that were peaking. You know, Ubley, Ubley had really recovered well from that loss to Harbor Beach, and Cassidy play, has played well all season. And so for a team like that to, to play that well, that's the best I've seen all year. We have to take a short break. We'll return in just 60 seconds right here on Sports Radio 1021. There are few things in life that are constant. Death, taxes, and back pain. And not only back pain, but your neck, your arm, your other arm, legs, feet, and other places. And it can really slow you down. It can keep you from your favorite hobbies, traveling, and even everyday life. So how do we take care of your body's aches and pains? Well, it's quite simple. Active physical therapy in sports medicine. They have two convenient locations, just west of Light and Bad Axe, and on the east end of Sandusky. And they have extended hours, so there's no excuse. You don't have to be some sort of high-end athlete to be a part of active physical therapy and sports medicine. Patient recovery and rehabilitation is the top priority of their trained professionals, no matter the injury. They work with you to create a rehab program designed for you. It's that simple. So if you want to get active, once again, go to Active Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine in Banax and Sandusky. Check it out for yourself at ActivePhysicalTherapyMI.com. That's ActivePhysicalTherapyMI.com in Banax and Sandusky. Now we return to regular programming. Sorry about that, folks. We had a change of few settings here on the uh, pushing the buttons back here. All it's always just a man behind the curtain, anyway. So anyway, uh, we're talking Cassidy Ubley. We heard from Paul, uh, Dave Hanson. What are your thoughts on this game? Well, just to kind of highlight what Paul said, I, I think uh, my first thought is is uh, I'm really disappointed we don't get to see the best of the East face the best of the West in a potential district championship game between Cassidy and Harbor Beach. I think we were all hearing that that was going to be an opportunity. Cassidy possibly was going to slide down to Division Eight, depending on who won their Week Nine matchups. And of course, it just didn't quite work out. They're going to be the smallest school in Division seven uh, but this was a dominating performance this is a team in Ubley that is fundamentally sound they play great defense and they will not excite you by any means on offense but they're normally efficient they normally wear you down by getting three yards every time and getting first downs and uh, it looks like for the first time this year Casey Sweeney really was the vocal point of the offense he was the one that kept them in the game as long as they did because nobody else really broke free. They just didn't have that run or whatever it was to break up or give any sort of second guessing to that Cassidy defense. Cassidy just did what they wanted when they wanted and Ubley just did not have an answer for it. They I thought for three quarters this team held as tough as they could, but this was a this comes down to Cassidy being this good. They are very good. They are very deserving of that Greater Thumb West championship. And uh we're all rooting for them to get their first district championship in school history would love to see it that defense is as good as advertised uh i was skeptical because if you look at some of the opponents that they'd faced it's not the top of the uh, of the food chain competition but when they they took ugly's base offense away they took any of their secondary stuff away and ugly had nothing more to give but i want to go back to last year for a moment last year cassidy traveled over to ugly and really got kind of manhandled and out physical themselves 
And I think that that changed the mentality in the entire program for Cass City. They knew they weren't tough enough to beat Ubley last year. And I think Coach Cathrell and his coaching staff, they went back to the drawing board and they said, we have to get tougher in order to compete in games like this. And they did. And by the end of this game, by midway through the fourth quarter, they were the more physical team. They had physically wore Ubley out. It was it was evident on the field. Coach Sweeney said as much, and Coach Cathrell said as much. Cass City wore Ubley out, and that is a testament to these kids going back into the weight room in the offseason and, and taking that beating that they took last year to Ubley to heart. And uh, Friday night, we saw uh, that success onto the field. It's what the Detroit Pistons bad boys did for Michael Jordan. Okay, beat the crap out of him to the point where he had to become physical enough to be able to take that type of punishment. And I, But I think for Cass City, they circle Lakers every year. This is the game that we are going to win. We are going to play our best. And I'm sure Lakers does the same. That is a rivalry built-in game. You cannot tell me that in the same pen mark, they didn't have ugly circled at the end of that schedule. They Cass City was unmotivated. They had won a championship. They had or hungover, whatever term you want to use, did not play very well against Ubley. Ubley came in the same way they go into every game, motivated, prepared, and ready to go, and they're ready to play physical football for four quarters. This time around, Cass City was ready for it. They answered that first knockout punch, which Ubley delivered first in a Casey Sweeney touchdown run, and that was it. They did not melt down, lay down, and just allow Ubley to do what they wanted to do. They took it away, and Ubley did not have a counter to it. And again, Ubley is a very, very good football team. Cassidy showed that they are on another level this season. And we were really looking forward to this game. Uh, had Dave and I actually been on air, we were, the plan was to change our schedule to cover this game just because it was it's truly the East versus the West. I mean, even though Ubley, you know, isn't the greater thumb East champion, this is still a, a true testament of what is on display in the Great Earth Conference. Unfortunately, our schedules did not allow to be broadcast on Friday, but uh, regardless, Ubley with Casey Sweeney leading the way, 97 yards and a score. Cassidy led by Hayden Horn with 18 carries, 208 yards and two touchdowns. Alex Perry, 23 carries, 81 yards and a score. And Jordan Mester, 10 carries for 47 yards and one touchdown. Ubley will now finish at 7-2. and two. They will be in Division 8. Cassidy at 8-1. and one. They will be the smallest school in Division 7. It's time for a short break. When we return, we'll take a look at the bottleneck and the down to the bottom last second. Bad eggs against Sandusky right here on Sports Radio 1021. For everything to do with hunting, visit Randy's Hunting Center at the East End of Bad Axe. Look for the 40-foot-tall log cabin showroom with over 40 wildlife mounts from around the world. Randy's Hunting Center has crossbows by Darton, Wicked Ridge, Ten Point, and Raven, along with scopes, arrows, and accessories. Archery specialists ready to get you shooting this same day. Stay warm and dry in handmade cedar blinds in all sizes, starting at $425. Find over 4,500 new rifles, shotguns, and handguns in stock, including the Ruger American Rifle and 450 Bushmaster. Over 170 variations of a bow action rifle. That is a legal alternative in the shotgun zone and is fully capable of three inch groups at 300 yards. Get a Ruger Go Wild 22 inch camouflage 450 Bushmaster with muzzle brake for only $499.95. 
Randy's Hunting Center can drill and tap your slug guns, mount and bore sight scopes, offers custom sight in service, and they sell hunting and fishing licenses. Visit the website, randyshuntingcenter.com, and check out their Facebook page. Hi, I'm Randy Brown. Get your best deal at Randy's Hunting Center at the east end of Bad Axe. Call 269-GUNS, 989-269-GUNS. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Paul P. Adams with your two-hour postseason special of The Strong Side on Sports Radio. We've said that already. So let's move on to Sandusky and Bad X. Down in Sandusky, the Redskins were without their leading running back, DeLorean Wedge, in this one due to a hand injury. Uh, so Sandusky comes out and they didn't slow him down at all. Nine minutes and well, actually eight minutes and 22 seconds into the ball game, Sandusky's Martin Tovar breaks out of a five-yard run into the end zone and makes it 6 nothing Sandusky. That would be the score at the end of the quarter. On to the second quarter, Bad X responds with a Jack Clancy five-yard run. This, of course, was after a 29-yard pass to Jensen Emmerich on a fourth-down conversion, setting up that Clancy five-yard run. The PAT was good from Jack Clancy, also does windows, I'm heard, and Savannah is leading 7-6. to six. 21 seconds before the half is over, Sandusky was scored on last week against Tyra Reach just before the half. This time, Sandusky's the one who scores just before the half. With the Zach Franzel three-yard run, the two-point conversion's good. And just like that, Sandusky swings momentum back to their side and has a seven-point lead entering halftime, 14-7. to In the third, 10 from a minute and 11 into the half, Maddox for Jack Clancy for a second score of the day, this time from 64-yard run. Two-point conversion's good, and now Maddox takes the lead once again, 15-14. to 7.55 left in the third. Matt Carlson... With a two-yard run for Sandusky after a Franzel 67-yard run, the two-point conversion is good, and Sandusky regains the lead at 22-15, entering the fourth quarter. Halfway through the fourth, Maddox with another Jack Clancy touchdown run, one yard out. That should be three touchdowns for him. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Maddox lines up for the PAT. Sandusky jumps offsides, or better known as encroachment in high school football, and then, so Badax decides to go for two halfway, and since it's half to go half line, halfway to the goal line, they get stopped on two point conversion, and Sandusky hangs on to a one point lead, twenty two to twenty one, and that would be your final. Sandusky twenty two, Badax twenty one. Sandusky clinches an automatic playoff berth at six and three. Badax instead falls to four and five, and will miss the playoffs. I love the I love the play call by Kelly Durr at the end, uh, you know, and you're going to find the uh, the people that said, well, just kick the extra point. You made one already, you know, play, extend the game, play a little longer. You are a team. You want to show your team win or lose that you are playing to win the game. OK, we are not playing to tie. We're not playing to extend. I was waiting for the button. <laughs> yeah. it was coming. I don't have that one. I'm uh, sorry. I, I was waiting for it. But anyways. That's that's what as a coach that's what I would do. If I'm the coach, I'm looking at my team going, "We need 1 yard, guys. 1 yard and here's how we're going to do it." And so instead of a 2-yard two 2-point two conversion, it was half the distance to the goal thanks to the encroachment by Sandowski. So if you can't get a 1-yard play when you need it to win the game, you know, I'm sorry, hats off to the Sandowski defense for calling 
and stopping that play on the goal line because that changed the game. And Sandusky was able to take over and basically run the clock out. And, you know, of course, there's always that extra that happens later, but it comes down to that one yard. That two point conversion changes how the last six and a half minutes, excuse me, goes in that game. And uh, I give Coach Kelly Durr credit. That was the right play, in my opinion. I don't, I don't know what play happened, but Sandusky stopped it, and that was a great defensive stand by the Sandusky Redskins to basically change the landscape of the playoffs as we know it, not allowing Bad X to get in, keeping Cass City in Division Seven. The domino effect of that play is unbelievable. Little did people know at the time. So it was a, it was a great stand oh, no. Cassidy by knew. Sandusky. Cassidy knew. Oh, I'm sure <laughs> I they did. The, they, I was up in the they, press. They were they were rooting for him. I was up time. in the press box giving uh, updates from this game uh, from Twitter. They uh, there was no bigger fans of Bad X uh, winning this game than Cassidy, other than the Bad X fans, of course. But I agree completely with you, Dave. Uh, I played to win the game. Uh, I'm not playing for a tie, going to overtime, you know, take your chances, I guess. But uh, you're on the road. You, in, in my opinion, you really have nothing to lose, everything to gain. Go for the go for the win. It, it shows that's the kind of mentality I want to see from my coach if I'm a player and fans. It didn't work out. I mean, you take a chance when you go for two. But I think it was it's the right call 10 out of 10 times. And if that doesn't affect your decision-making at all, that's when you look down at the stat sheet and go, we've given up 300 yards to Sandusky on the ground. I don't see an answer and how that's going to change. So we need to win the game right here and make one stand, get the ball back, and win this game. And you know what? If you take that lead, it puts Sandusky in a different state of mind, too. Instead of them being able to just run the ball, it, it makes them maybe have to take a chance that could lead to a turnover or or whatever. Uh, so, it, yeah, that that one play, it's the right play call. It didn't work out. And uh, unfortunately, it just, you know, Bad X falls short again. Four and five for the second season where we thought, you know, this team one win away from the playoffs two years in a row and just cannot get that last win to push them over that hump. Zach Franzel finished with 19 carries for 203 yards and a score. Mind you, this was just his second game back since week number one. Martin Tovar, 21 carries, 140 yards and a score. Sandusky finishes at 6-3. and three. They punch their ticket to the playoffs. They will be in Division 7. And talk about a young squad for Sandusky and a bright future there. Oh, yeah. This is a preseason Greater Thumb East favorite, I think, next year. De- DeLorean Wedge is back. Most of these guys are back. Uh, Carlson's uh, back. Carlson, who I thought had his coming out party against Harbor Beach. Uh, this is going to be a very, very good team with a with a great coach. Uh, coach uh, Jacobson is, I, I think, one in that top tier of coaches in the Greater Thumb Conference. Preseason? I think I said it on the air last week, <laughs> last Sunday. I said that Sandusky's winning the Greater Thumb East next year, and that is no slap in the face to the two teams that have been in charge of the Greater Thumb East and that wear orange and black. But Well, you tell them team, that when they're coming through the golf course. I, I, I can tell them that. They, they're in trouble. They, they're these, This team is loaded, and as long as they can stay healthy and execute their game plan, the Sandusky team is very good, and they're a year ahead of how good they could be. Let's talk about another team that punched their ticket into the playoffs this week with a 6-3 and three, uh, overall record and a victory on week number nine as USA hosted the Brown City Green Devils on Friday. And in the first quarter, no scoring. Kind of a trend throughout the entire week here. In the second quarter, USA in just a minute and a half in, Connor Kettle with a 37-yard run. The two-point conversion is good from Zimmer to Morton. Pass is 8-0 USA, and they just not look back from there. Three and a half minutes after that, Connor Kettle with his second score of the night, a 57-yard run. The two-point conversion fails. 
14 nothing USA. 23 seconds before the half, Landon Zimmer with a 10-yard pass to Nash Morton for his good. Two-point conversion is good as well with a ghetto run. It's 22-0 USA after two quarters. In the third quarter, USA throws out another score. Connor Gettle with a 35-yard run. The two-point conversion, Jeremiah Hahn brings in the catch from Zimmer, makes it 30-0 USA. In the fourth quarter, Cody Pulaski breaks out with an 11-yard run. PAT is good from Parmenter, and it's 37-0 USA final. And USA gets finds their way back into the playoffs, first time under Josh Hahn. No, uh, first or second time? Second time yeah, under Josh Hahn. And so nice to not have to sit here and wait on a Sunday and... and wait your your fate although we pretty much know who's in and who's out uh, that that doesn't quite translate anymore but still it's nice to earn it that's what i'm trying to say in usa definitely earn this uh coming from an 0 and 2 start to the season where things did not look good to finish 6 and 3 and uh, you talk about getting better every single week this yeah, team no got kidding. better they played harbor beach within a score on the road this is a team Going into the playoffs, if I'm in Division Eight, I do not want any part of USA, and that goes for Ubley too. Forget what happened in Week One. If you're an Ubley fan right now, if you're listening to this, because this is not the same USA team that was there nine weeks ago. This is a team that's playing with a lot of confidence, that figured itself out, that has three capable backs, a good quarterback, a very very good defense, good coaching staff. They have really clicked together and uh, could be poised to pull off a, a district upset here. Uh, they're very well capable of beating both Ubley and Harbor Beach and being the team that wins this district. Do not sleep on USA. You know, and it would be just a full circle. It would be great to see USA Oblique rematch again to start this district. And it, you know, there is, depending on who you listen to and who your projections guy you follow, that certainly has a chance of happening. And Ubley can thank themselves for indirectly creating this monster known as USA right now because they absolutely wiped their faces in the ground week one. USA was, other than one play, one missed assignment on defense that went for 90 yards, USA didn't accumulate another 90 yards the rest of the entire game. I don't know if they accumulated another 50 yards the entire game. USA absolutely had no answer. It was that prototypical ugly team that took away their best player, took away their best base offense, and completely ripped them apart. And from that point on, Coach Hahn and his team regrouped. He gathered the troops, and they went out, and they took Cass City to a one-score game. They played them as tough as anybody has all year long and continued to win the rest of the season on uh, with obviously a close loss to the winner of the East. So this USA team has three losses, Ubley, Harbor Beach, and Cass City. And the one that they got beat the worst by was the worst of those three teams in Ubley. And I mean that is no shame to Ubley. They lost to Cass City. They lost to Harbor Beach. That's how I'm looking at that. This USA team has come a long ways since what Ubley did to them in week one. So if you're ugly, you're thinking, well, we'll beat them again, no problem. Not so fast. This is the team that is looking for you, and it will be an awesome game to cover if it wasn't in ugly where we get no reception, and I know <laughs> yeah. we cannot do that game. Yeah, that, that's that's a sure uh, bet there. Is we, we unfortunately just cannot cover a game in ugly as with our current technology and the way that our uplink gets back to the station. But, uh, Paul, I, I cut you off there. Oh, no, go ahead, Clark. No, so USA ended up with uh, Connor Gettle with your leading rusher, four carries, four carries for 130 yards and three scores. 
If you have him on your fantasy league, congratulations, you won week number nine. Walker Foley, four carries, 59 yards. Braylon Ballard, seven carries, 47 yards. Nash Morton, three carries, 20 yards. Cody Pulaski, two carries, 15 yards and a score. Landon Zimmer, two carries, one yard. Also through the air, Landon Zimmer, four for six and one interception for 68 yards and a score. And that was into the hands of Nash Morton in one reception for 10 yards. USA was now 6-3. and three. They were just 1-4 and four in third-down conversions. Brown City, 3-15 of 15 on third-down conversions. Time possession, Brown City doubled up USA. But clearly, the Patriots struck when they needed to strike and uh, did not waste any time doing it. It's time for a short break. When we return, we'll uh, check in with our greatest prognosticator across the state of Michigan. Snooze to you. We'll take a look at his week number 8.5 and week 9 projections of Mapatology right here on Sports Radio 1021. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. This is Mike LePage from Thumb Bank and Trust. At Thumb Bank, we are a proud supporter of our local communities and school athletics. No team is complete without a good coach. Let Thumb Bank and Trust be your guide for personal service, professional excellence, and over 120 years of financial experience that any team needs to succeed. You want to be where everybody knows your name. Stop by any of our offices and let us show you the winning difference that is Thumb Bank. We're Thumb Bank and Trust Company with locations in Pigeon, Caseville, Cass City, Bad Axe, and Bay City, where relationships are built on trust. Member FDIC. You're listening to the W, a little bit sports network's presentation of a two-hour postseason special of the strong side with Paul P. Adams, Dave Hanson, and I'm Clark Ramsey. As we are just about 14 minutes away from kicking off the Selection Sunday show on of the MHSA uh, with Fox Sports Detroit Plus, if you're trying to find it on your cable, if you have dish, don't even think about it. All right, uh, let's look at the, the projections from snoozetoyou.com. This is so... What he does after week number eight, he puts together at week 8.5, which is kind of his favorites. Uh, whoever is favorited to win in week number nine, he kind of puts together and shows you what that's going to look like. And then after week number nine is completed, then he continues on with his standard selection of what it's going to look like, at least in his opinion. What he's been doing the past few years, and in, in, he'll, he'll agree to this, is kind of 8.5 is kind of what he's been trending along and what he would, and what MHS will probably, MHSAA will probably do, and then week number nine is how he would do it, and that's why we're kind of seeing a change in some of the projections, some of the district matchups here. But let's, regardless, let's start. Stay, let's take a look at Division Seven, and in eight point five, Snooze had Beaverton and Sandusky, Cassidy and Lakers all in one re- uh, district. On the other side of that region was Puam, Westphalia, New Lothrop, <laughs> Langsburg, Kent City. Not your, uh, not really anyone's cup of tea unless you're Puam, Westphalia, or New Lothrop. Now, in week nine, he had projections of, th- instead of going north, Lakers in Cass City and Sandusky would go south. And instead, they would be teamed up with Madison Heights Bishop Foley in the district. And then on the in the region, they'd have Detroit Leadership Academy, Madison Heights Madison, Detroit Central, and Detroit Loyola. 
So depending on how you want to skin a cat here, but in my gut, it's still going to be Beaverton, and they're still going to go north. There is no historical reference at all for Madison Heights Bishop Foley to come up to this district, and that's not going to happen. Uh, I think it's closer to week eight and a half, uh, Beaverton, Sandusky, Cassidy, Lakers. Uh, I, You could make a case uh, for New Lothrop to be thrown into that district, which has happened. Uh, the MHSA will generally stay with what they've done traditionally. If you if you know anything about the MHSA, they will kind of stick to their guns and say, this is how we did it in the past. This is how we're going to do it now. And I, I, I think that that's the way you're going to see this. Um, I, it, it's a decent draw for Cass City, but it's still going to be very tough. Beaverton looks to be a very good team. Well, the the week nine projections looks better for them because if if Bishop Foley were to come up, oh, no Cass question. City would be if the district would go through Cass City, and they would have to beat Sandusky and Lakers and a six win Madison Heights Bishop Foley team. So let's be real, that is the district that that's, that's our what, Cass City team would love, yeah. our fans would love to see because there is they would become the favorite to get that district championship. Any other scenario. Yeah. They're looking at an early exit, and it's not because they're a bad football team. They are a very good football because team. Because Division 7 is loaded. Oh, my. If, and the only way, and this is the only way I see Cass City getting their Week 9 projections is because the MHSAA looks at the big picture, and they want ratings <laughs> like any other business would. They want. They do not want New Lothrop and Pawama Westphalia in the regional they, I championship. I don't think they care. I don't think I they don't care. Think, I don't think they care because... But if po- they did care, then you would Pawamo go and, with Week 9 and split them up north and south no, to make po- them meet at the end. Pawamo and New Lothrop are going to have to meet because what you're not looking on the other side is Jackson Lumen Christie. So yeah. Jackson Lumen Christie is out there looming as well, oh, as sure. is Traverse City St. Francis. Uh, Division 7 is a who's who of blue bloods in this state, and New Lo- and it goes through New Lothrop. New Lothrop did a number on Frankenmuth this past week. Uh, I believe went into Frankenmuth and soundly beat Frankenmuth. Yes, indeed. Uh, that, Big time. That is a game that should open a lot of eyes in this state because that was an undefeated Frankenmuth team that New Lothrop handled. This is not the New Lothrop that we're used to seeing uh, from a few years ago. This team has really uh, taken some of those beatings from the Thumb teams as uh, recently as 2016 when Ubley beat them over at Chessening and really turned this thing into a state powerhouse. So only time will tell of whether Cass City, Lakers, and Sandusky goes north or south. It's our gut instinct that uh, nor- that district will be going north, potentially teamed up with Beaverton, and then uh, once they're through the district, they would be meeting up with either Pawama Westphalia or New Lothrop. Well, and I'd like to mention this. If I had my choice, I will take my chances with Beaverton if I'm Cass City because I know what New Lothrop is. They proved what they were just a couple nights ago, and Pawama Westphalia is typically a team – I believe they won the year prior the state championship. That is another team that you just don't want to mess with. Jackson Lumen Christie still may be the team that is going to be on TV come Thanksgiving weekend as the best team in Division Seven. But New Lothrop and them are on a collision course for sure. But if you're, I think Beaverton as good as they are, you didn't mention them as the perennial powerhouses like Traverse City, St. Francis. So th- there may be some vulnerability there. Cass City could actually upset one of these teams, but it's got to be tough to be Cass City to be this good and not be mentioned in the top five teams in that whole division. It's tough when you're the smallest team in your division. No, no question about it. You know, they're giving away about 80 students to the uh, biggest team in Division uh, 7. So Byron is actually the largest in Division 7 at 342, and they struggled to beat uh, Beecher just a few nights ago. 
Cassidy is the smallest in Division 7 with 269 students. And the cutoff is Cass City. At 268 is Cassopolis. They are in Division 8. Speaking of Division 8, well, a couple different projections, 8.5 or 9, according to Snooze to you. And this really hasn't changed much at all. Uh, just depending on that fourth player in this local district. It'd be Harbor Beach, Ubley, USA, and who's that fourth seed? It's, so far, it's either going to be Nouvelle, Sagana MLS, or Flint Beecher, according to Snooze's latest projections. But another gut instinct here is it's either going to be Sagana MLS or Nouvelle. That's my gut instinct. Uh, there's Flint Beecher was in the region last year, uh, but traditionally the district has included Saginaw MLS or Nouvelle. Uh, and that goes back to when these teams were playing in Division 7, and basically they're just falling down uh, a division but keeping their region together. Uh, I, I think that that's what's going to happen, and, and Beecher gets pulled into that district. But uh, one way or the other, Harbor Beach is going to face – either Saginaw Nouvelle, Saginaw MLS, or Flint Beecher. It's going to be here. It's just a matter of who it's going to be. And, uh, you know, that's a little bit of an intrigue, but I think we're very confident that this district is going north, and north is the way you want to go in Division 8. The longer you can uh, avoid the defending state champion, champion Reading, the better. And uh, I think that north is a very good path. Johannesburg Lewiston is up there. Beale City is up there. Uh, Breckenridge possibly in the regional championship. But if you're Harbor Beach, you keep winning. You got three home games, and and uh, nobody's been able to come over here, beat you in the playoffs since uh, I think 2004. I think uh, a couple of big points. Uh, the first one, very minor, Paul. I think they actually go with reading. I think is how it's actually. I thought it was uh, reading. It's I, oh, is it reading? I, I did everything but call the Chamber of okay, Commerce, right. but it is reading. Hey, I pay attention. I thought I had it right. I pay attention. Okay. When when people tell me so, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Thanks, Dave. Uh, but it, but yeah. you're looking at all of He's these projections. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, these are all all these projections have one thing to me in common. If Harbor Beach wins all their games, they're going to have three home games. That's what it looks like. And to me, it doesn't matter how you spin it around. Breckenridge is probably the team that's waiting for you in the regional championship after the district is done. So those are a couple of the the consistent points I've seen in the Division 8 one, where in the Division 7, it com- the landscape completely changes whether you go north or south, especially in the first two rounds. Exactly. This Division 8 has been pretty solid ever since week number three when it's kind of sifted out. But uh, Dave is absolutely right. Harbor Beach, if they do continue to win... They actually have the second highest point total in the entire Division 8, just four-tenths of a point less than I'm still trying to figure out how this happened. Clarkston Everest Collegiate went 8-0, and they combined with 80.444 points. So they actually had more points than Harbor Beach. Mind you, Clarkston Everest is typically that 5-4 and four team that barely sneaks into the playoffs, but somehow they went 8-0 this season against the Catholics of Detroit. So let's move on now into eight-player football. Division 1, uh, these are the larger schools in 8-player football, and we have Kingston, Deckerville, Mayville, Flint International, Morris, and New Haven, all from the NCTL in this one. And locally, we will have, Decker, according to Snooze, this is Week 9 projections, Deckerville and Mayville, and then Kingston and New Haven Merritt in the region. In the other region would be Morris and Flint International going against uh, Camden Frontier, and uh, I do believe it's Colon. Yeah, I, I don't think there's really any much uh, any room for interpretation here. I think this is how it's going to go. Um, Deckerville is going to have its hands full with Kingston in that possible rematch. I think Kingston is going to uh, introduce New Haven Merritt to a different brand of football. <laughs> yes, uh, no longer but, the NCTL White. Yeah, and and the other region there, 
Colin and Morris, I think, on a collision course for each other. So you're defending state champion and uh, undefeated Colin team. And uh, the good thing for Deckerville, home field throughout the playoffs, that is, you, you just can't even say how, how big that is. Especially Another home field football. advantage. Yeah, absolutely. Eight-player football, it seems like the home team always wins or is uh, dang near close to it. So that's good for Deckerville's sake, because but they still got to get through Mayfield and Kingston. There's some huge travel distances, and the way eight-player football is set up, there's not going to be any neutral sites. There's not enough teams yet, so uh, you home field means more in eight-player football because you can have it right through the semifinals, and the only game you have to play away from home is the state championship game. That's a huge advantage. Right, and I think uh, locally, as fans of eight-player football, Deckerville has been the team that has done the most damage in our area, at least in the in the last handful of years or so that we've been really covering it, Clark. But we'd love to see Deckerville-Morris, uh, a chance to really line up Deckerville with the defending state champion to see how good they truly are. And that's if they get by Colin, which – you know, let's let's say you're the best until beaten, but that because that other side, there's a lot of new names there that I think we're all interested to see who beats each other out to get to the end. Unless you got some insight, and I tell football. you what, don't sleep on Gaylord St. Mary's at four and five. Don't be don't be fooled by the four and five record. Gaylord St. Mary had to forfeit four games for an ineligible player. I think it was four games they had to forfeit. Uh, so that's a good win team. That's a or that's a good team. That's an eight win team. Gaylord St. Mary on the other side could be a sleeper at four and five. And keep in mind, Martin is undefeated. Sutton's Bay nine and zero undefeated. Mile eight and one, uh, and Gaylord St. Mary in that same district or same same region. So there are a lot of really good record teams on that other side that we don't know who's going to sort themselves out at the end. In the second division, the smaller division of A player football, we have Bay City All Saints, Kindy North Huron, better known as just North Huron. That's and the way Peck, we prefer it. Yeah, and Peck in the smaller division, and we have Peck in North Huron, according to the projections, and then Bay City All Saints traveling to Portland St. Patrick to take on the Irish down there. And so that's this is pretty much how it's, it's going to play it's out. It's cut and dry, and boy, oh boy, look at Region 1, Powers North, Crystal Falls Forest Park, and Pickford. Arguably two of the best teams in the state in the same region with Powers North and Pickford. Uh, Powers North already has a head-to-head win over them. Um, North Huron has already beaten Peck once. It looks like they're going to have to go on the road to do it again. Uh, that's kind of a kind of a bummer if you're uh, North Huron to have to go on the road, but uh, you know they take their chances and and see if they can get back to a semifinal. Absolutely, uh, I think Portland St. Patrick is waiting for them after that game is done, which is always going to be a challenge. But as you mentioned, Clark in Region One, you got to assume that your state championship comes out of that first round, right? I mean. Whoever wins comes survives that first first two yeah, games no is probably the team that finishes the job and runs the table. And of course, in that first region, you have Powers North, Central, Crystal Falls, Force Park, Pickford, and Engadine. But right now, let's listen in to Fox Sports Detroit as it is Selection Sunday, right here on Sports Radio 1021. The MHSAA officials had their annual gathering early this morning. Plenty of coffee to go around as they met to mull over the high school football playoff pairings for this year. And it's time to reveal the fruits of their labor. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Selection Sunday as we get ready to announce the division assignments and pairings for the Michigan High School Athletic Association football playoffs. Alongside Matt Shepard, I'm Mickey York, and we're joined by the pride of Newberry High School, Rob Rubick. Yes, we are not worthy. (laughs) You're definitely not, Mickey. In the next hour, we're going to tell you all the teams that have made the tournament, what division they're in, and who they'll be playing in the first round. 
next weekend. Rob, of course, the high school football season began back in August. These kids have gone through an awful lot. This is the payoff, right? What have they gone through that makes it extra special when postseason play comes around? Well, you know, Shep, you did it. Mick, you did it. I did it. We all went through high school football. There's nothing better than Friday night lights. And you ask any former high school player how much they miss that. But you get all the weight training after practice when you're tired and you're beat up. And you go through two-a-days and you go through the season. It has its ups and downs, peaks and valleys type of deal. But then you get what you want. You get to the playoffs because you're not opportunity to get where you want to be and that's Ford Field on Thursday or Friday and Saturday on Thanksgiving week and that's what every kid's dream is. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. Know? Only get nine chances during the yeah. course of the season so this is a nice reward to be able to continue to play uh, during the football season. Right, here's a quick rundown of what took place today. This morning the MHSAA staff gathered all of the scores from this weekend's games and fed them into the computer for the 11 player tournaments. All the qualifiers by win total were determined. That is all the teams playing nine games that had six or more wins and the teams playing a regular season schedule of eight or fewer games five or more wins this year. The number of teams qualifying by win total came to 202 teams, which allowed for a record 54 additional qualifiers. From there, a state record 43 schools with the highest playoff averages were added to fill out the field of 256. The schools were then put in order by enrollment, with the largest 32 schools placed in Division I, the next 32 schools in Division II, and so on until eight divisions were created. Once the 32 schools in each division of the 11-player tournament were determined, they were drawn into districts of four teams each. The districts were then paired to create four regions. In the eight-player tournament, the 16 qualifiers were drawn into four regions. The four teams in each 11-player district and eight-player region were then ranked by their playoff point average. And the team with the highest playoff average was paired with the fourth-place team. And the second and third place teams will pair with each other. The team with the highest playoff average will host the first three weeks of each tournament. The games begin next weekend with the most action taking place likely on Friday night at 7 o'clock. But the actual game times won't be announced until Monday. We remind everybody that the official pairings will be on the Fox Sports Detroit and MHSAA websites at the end of this show and remind those schools hosting games to notify the MHSAA Monday morning of their game date and time so that information can be posted on the internet. All right, here is the schedule for the whole five weeks of the tournament. The pre-district round of the tournament will take place this Friday and Saturday with the days and times to be announced. The district finals will take place on November 8th or 9th and regional action will be November 15th or 16th. The semifinals will then be held on November 23rd. The dates for the first three weekends of the eight-player tournaments are the same, with three regionals the first weekend, followed by the regional finals, and then the semifinals. For those first four weekends of the tournament, you can catch four games live on the Prep Zone on FoxSportsDetroit.com. Fox Sports Detroit is your home for all of the championship games. It will start with the eight-player championships taking place on November 23rd at the Superior Dome in Marquette. And then the 11-player finals at Ford Field in Detroit on November 29th and 30th. This is the ninth year for the eight-player playoffs and the third year that there are two divisions. 32 teams will take part in the eight-player playoffs. And let's start with the pairings in Division One, Region One. Brimley travels to Sutton's Bay. The Bays had their first winning season in 15 years. The Norsemen went undefeated this year and have won nine games in back-to-back years. Gaylord St. Mary is in despite being a game under 500. They visit 8-1 Pelston. The Hornets have scored 40 points or more six times this season. 
thanks to a pair of 1,000-yard rushers in Glenn Bonter and Dave Jamrons. In Region 2, Mile had gone winless the last two seasons, but this year, the Thunderbolts impressed at 8-1. They welcome Mayville. It's the first-ever meeting between the two programs. A pair of 7-2 teams clash in Week 1. Misik buses to Kingston. Kingston has a pair of 1,000-yard rushers in Caleb Gross and Jacob DeLong. First time the Cardinals host a playoff game since 2006. In Division 1, Region 3, Game 1. Camden Frontier will meet 9-0 Cole and the Magi blew out the Redskins 55-0 when they met in Week 6. And in Game 2, Bellevue travels to Martin for a rematch of a Week 1 battle won by Martin. The Clippers went undefeated in their first year of eight-man football. In Region 4, Game 1, International Academy of Flint visits 9-0 Deckerville. The Eagles won the first meeting 52-0. And in Game 2, two 8-1 teams hook up when New Haven Merritt Academy travels to Morris to take on the Orioles. All right, Region 1, a marquee matchup kicks off at Powers North Central. The Jets trying to do what they did in 2015 and 2016 when they won it all. Their first stiff test comes against a Trojans team that made the playoffs for a 23rd straight season, won the eight-man title two years ago. Two more powerhouses battle in the region. Engadine visits Pickford. Both teams used the regular season to go 8-1. and one. The Eagles averaged over 58 points per game in their wins. The Panthers are an impressive 41-5 and five the last four years. Region 2, Hillman welcomes Marion. Marion has won its last four. The Tigers have done the same, but allowed no more than two touchdowns in a game over that stretch. Posen finished the regular season at 6-3, and three, good enough to earn them a first-round home game against Cedarville. Division 2, Region 3, Game 1, Brethren on the road to face Climax Scots. And in Game 2, Tri-Unity Christian visits Onekama. The Portagers are runner-up in Division 2 a year ago. Region 4, Game 1, Bay City All Saints at 5-4 and four will face unbeaten Portland St. Patrick. The fewest points the Shamrocks scored in the game this season was 42. And in Game 2, Kindy North Huron at 6-3 and three will travel to 5-4 and four. Peck. North Huron won the first meeting 22-4 in week six. Eight-man game continues to be very strong throughout the state. Rubes, what do you and we do not about? need to hear Rob Rubrick's uh, analysis of that eight-player football. <laughs> All right, it looks like so snooze to you was dead on in eight-player Division Two. Division One, the dark arts of the MHSAA are in full force here. They basically sent Deckerville south and then everyone else north. So we have Brimley in Sutton's Bay and Gaylord of St. Mary in Pelston. Then Mayville against Mayo and Misick against Kingston. So that is all south as well. No, that's north. I should take that back. And then we have Camden Frontier and Colon, Bellevue and Martin. And then in another region, we have Flint International at Deckerville and the New Haven Merritt at Morris. Lining up for a Deckerville-Morris round two game. I don't get it. I, our jaws just dropped uh, when this when this was announced. I, I, I don't... I don't agree with it i don't get it but it is what it is you gotta you're gonna have to play morris eventually i would have rather seen that for a semifinal. uh the mhsa did not do deckerville or morris any favors whatsoever uh i i i, I think it's a shameful this region to be honest um i i just it just seems to, it seems to me like the mhsa sees what snooze does and is dead set on screwing something up it just doesn't make sense how deckerville kingston Mayville, they, they aren't all in the same district. I mean, they, they're right there, or same uh, first-round matchup. It's called the thumb. Oh. They're all within each other, and they're making teams drive further. I don't understand it. 
what economically so it makes no sense whatsoever and they yeah they really got this uh, completely backwards i can't wait till it we doesn't. see Divi- i can't wait till we see division eight this doesn't make sense at all i mean why this you got to be a joke right so this is <laughs> this is some 1998 gerrymandering of the elections here this is just you have deckerville making a giant l it looks like a tetris here going south along i-69 and then you have this the district down in the lower quadrant of the southwest, that kind of makes sense, I guess. But then just to split up, you had such a beautiful district going pretty much down I-75 there, all the way from the, the Sioux, all the way down to, is that Pelston? I don't know what, uh, no, Mayo. And you have that, and then you have you know, the other two districts. You're talking, the reason Snooze does this the way he does is to limit the number of miles in between opponents, the which MHSA is what you're supposed A's to do. rules say that. Their bylaws say that to limit travel, and the MHSA went against its own rules in eight-player football. It's All right, ridiculous. Let's listen in. Now they're going to be releasing Division Eight. Qualified for the MHSA football playoffs. Yeah, the eight division championships on championship weekend will be a part of our football week in Michigan presented by Kroger. The week will include several different games that will be broadcast on the Fox family of networks, including the Michigan-Ohio State game, which will be broadcast at 12 noon, November 30th on Fox. Plenty of other events to help celebrate the week as well, so stay tuned. It's sure to be a fun week for sure. Yeah, now back to the pairing. We told you earlier that if a team won six of the nine games on its schedule, they would automatically qualify. But there are some teams who won five games that are still hoping to hear their name called. That's what we're here to do. Make dreams come true. Right, Mick? All right. So without further ado, let's begin with the Division Eight pairing, shall we? All right. Region 1, District 1, Bark River Harris goes to Ishpeme. These two teams just met in the last regular season game of the year with the Hematites cruising to a 54-8 win. Ishpeme has won four in a row and scored 54 each of the last two. The winner gets the winner of Lake Linden Hubble and West Iron County. The Lakes have scored 42 or more in each of their last three. The Wycons have won four of five and beaten the Lakes in all three career meetings. In District 2, Johannesburg Lewiston puts its unblemished 9-0 record on the line against 5-4 and four Blanchard Montebello. The Cardinals beat four playoff teams on their schedule and won the North Michigan Football Conference Legacy Division. St. Ignace played in that same division, went 5-4 and four and earns a trip to Beale City. The Aggies won more games this year, eight, than the last two seasons combined. Division 8, Region 2, District 1, Carson City Crystal draws the Huskies of Breckenridge. These mid-state activities conference rivals met two weeks ago, and Breckenridge shut them out 33-0. In Game 2, it's the Panthers of Saginaw Nouvelle taking on the Vandals of Merrill. It's the fifth straight playoff appearance for Nouvelle and Merrill's second straight. In Region 2, District 2, Game 1, MLS at 6-3 hits the road to take on the 9-0 Harbor Beach Pirates. And in Game 2, USA draws a rematch with Greater Thumb Conference rival the Bearcats knocked off the Patriots back in August 28-6. Josh Hahn's team has been waiting for a long time for another shot at Bill Sweeney's Bearcats. In Region 3, District 1, Flint Beecher tries to become the first team to beat Clarkston Everest Academy. Courtney Hawkins led the Bucks to a 5-4 season, but five of the Mountaineers' eight wins were against playoff-bound schools, and they've made the postseason for the seventh time in as many seasons. Meanwhile, Fowler hosts Auburn Hills' Oakland Christian. John Spicer and the Eagles went 8-1 after having losing records in the previous two seasons. The Lancers went 7-2 to match the most wins in school history. 
In District 2, Ottawa Lake Whiteford visits Royal Oak Shrine. The Knights are 7-2 and two and into the postseason for the third time in four years. The Bobcats have been battle-tested, playing five playoff teams on their schedule. And a pair of five and four teams clash at Britain Deerfield. The Patriots out of the Tri-County Conference welcome the Eagles from Detroit Public Safety Academy. All right, Region 4, District 1, Game 1. It'll be Menden taking on the Big 8 champion Reading Rangers. Rick Bailey's Rangers won 8-1 and one behind an offensive line that averages 6 foot 2 and 272 pounds. They got some meat up front at Reading. In District 1, Game 2, the Chiefs of White Pigeon will get another shot at Southwest 10 Conference rival Cassopolis. The Rangers, a state semifinalist a year ago, shut out the Chiefs just four weeks ago. And a Region 4, District 2, Game 1, the Concord Yellow Jackets are back in the playoffs after a two-year absence. They'll open with the Cougars of Adrian Lenaway Christian. And in Game 2, a good one between a pair of 7-2 clubs in Addison and Sand Creek. Addison making just its second playoff appearance since 2010. So only four undefeated teams in Division 8. Rubes, who do you got as a favorite? Oh, this is tough. This is a really tough one. But I looked at uh, Clarkson Everest. This team is very skilled. Most Division 8 teams run the wing tee. They're going to pound, you know, ground and pound and try to run the football. Everest is talented now. They can throw it. They can throw it all over the field. They have athletes. They have speed at all the positions. In watching this and watching your film today, Chef, and I was really taken aback for the fact that how well and how accurate they're able to get the ball down the field. This is not normal eight-man football, as we said. Usually the weather gets bad and teams want to pound the ball. So I think Everest has a good opportunity. But as I just said, the weather has to hold up. Because when you're a throwing team, it's difficult when weather turns south in Michigan. We're looking forward to a great battle there in uh, Division Eight. All right, is there? Uh, we wonder, of course, about dark horses yeah. uh, every yeah, year. Yeah, I, I look at, at Cassopolis, yeah. and the reason I, I they kind of grab my eye a little bit is they they beat Centerville and Menden, and we know what Menden yeah. has done over the years, yeah. one of the most prolific playoff teams in the history mm-hmm. of Michigan high school football. And they beat them by a combined forty-three to nothing. They made it wow. to the semis last year. They're a proven team as well. They Love could it. be the dark horse. Right, uh, it, it was a uh, shootout between New Lothrop and Madison Heights. Madison for the Division Seven crown last season. New Lothrop. So Division 8 is set, and it's uh, the 8.5 projections were pretty much spot on for at least for our local teams here. Harbor Beach and Saginaw MLS. MLS will be traveling to Harbor Beach, and then USA and Ubley facing off. That game will be in Ubley. Uh, So that is your local district. On the other side, we have Carson City, Crystal Falls, and Breckenridge, and Saginaw Novell going against Merrill. That is your region. No, no real surprise there. Uh, we thought all along it was either going to be Nouvelle or, or MLS that gets pulled over for Harbor Beach to play. It was MLS. I like Harbor Beach's chances, even though Rob Rubik uh, doesn't really consider them one of the favorites. Um, not sure about... It's, uh, it's too far to uh, send a film uh, truck. Not sure That's about why. Clarkson Everest being a favorite when you have the defending state champion uh, reading in that on that side. But uh, it is what it is. Uh, I think I like Harbor Beach's chances. Obviously, what sticks out is USA and Ubley, a rematch there from week one. We talked about that, um, you know, during, during our regular portion, and uh, that came to fruition, and uh, it's, it's going to be a good good rematch. Oh, it certainly is, and it starts with Ubley, USA, which we think is going to be a phenomenal football game. Um, assuming Harbor Beach takes care of business, they'll play the winner of that. And then looking at the next round of the region, I don't foresee anybody touching Breckenridge in that situation um, with our limited knowledge on them, I would assume that that's where our local team would go next. And if you're fortunate enough to get by that, you know, all signs point to Johannesburg Lewiston, which they haven't been a perennial powerhouse at ever. So that this is probably a good football team we have to assume. Um, and I guess if you have to keep an eye on another team, 
you can never count out Ishraming at any or, point in or time. Or Beale City. Beale sure. City's tough as nails, too. So uh, it looks like we're back to uh, Division 7. For the eight-player division playoffs as well as Division 8. If you missed them, you can check out the ticker at the bottom of the screen to catch up or log on to foxsportsdetroit.com. We now move on to Division 7. We begin in Region 1, District 1, Game 1. The Iron Men take on Iron Mountain when 5-4 and four Mancelona faces a 9-0 and Iron Mountain team, which is making its 28th overall playoff appearance. And in Game 2, the Harvest Springs Rams Hook up with the Charlevoix Red Raiders. Charlevoix hoping this will be the year they notch their first ever playoff victory. They're back in the playoffs after winning just one game a year ago. In District 2, Game 1, the Ramblers of McBain get in at 5-4. and four. Three of their four losses were against fellow playoff teams. Ascoda is in search of its first playoff win in 19 years. And in District 2, Game 2, the Houghton Lake Bobcats face the Glads of Traverse City, St. Francis. St. Francis hoping to get back to the state semifinals for the third straight season. Mick, tough assignment for North Muskegon. The 5-4 and four Norsemen pack their bags for Powamo Westphalia. Jeremy Miller's Pirates are champions of the Central Michigan Athletic Conference. Won the title two of the last three years and have pitched six shutouts so far this season. Two six and three teams meet in Kent City where we were a year ago to kick off football week in Michigan. The Eagles host the Mustangs of Grand Rapids North Point. In District 2, Langsburg heads to New Lothrop. New Lothrop. The Wolfpack had a solid six and three campaign, but the Hornets went nine and zero oh with six of those wins against playoff bound teams and are into the playoffs for a 20th straight season. And Byron eyes an upset in Beaverton. The Eagles went 6-3 and three while the Beavers rolled through the Jack Pine Conference to boast their first undefeated season since 1969. At Division 7, Region 3, District 1, Game 1. Hartford takes on a schoolcraft team that's making its 30th playoff appearance. The Eagles only lost coming this past Friday to Kalamazoo uh, United. And in Game 2, Centerville faced five other playoff teams during the regular season. Lawton at 9-0. Didn't face one. We'll find out what that means next week. And in Region 3, District 2, Game 1, Brett Vernon's Homer Trojans draw Jackson Lumen Christie. The Titans making their 29th playoff appearance. Herb Brogan's team won it all in Division 6 a year ago. And in Game 2, Riverview Gabriel Richard at 7-2 gets the Redskins of Clinton. Clinton making its 8th straight playoff appearance. We've got ourselves a crossover matchup from the Greater Thumb Conference. West Division winners Cass City has earned an opening round home game. After going 8-1, they welcome Sandusky 6-3 out of the East. Another team out of that conference, Elkton Pigeon Bay, Port, uh, home of former Lion Tom Beer. Well, host Madison Heights, Bishop Foley, both teams went 6-3. and three. In District 2, Detroit is the place to be, man. The Leadership Academy in their fourth season of existence are into the playoffs for the first time and hosting at 8-1. and one. They roll out the red carpet for perennial power Madison Heights. Madison playing postseason ball for a 15th straight year. Detroit Central is site of another showdown in the region. The Trailblazers went 8-1 on the season and earned the home game against Detroit Loyola, who played 500 ball this year. All right, Rob, as you remember, New Lothrop and Madison Heights. Madison lit up the scoreboard in the Division Seven final last year. Yeah, we had that. Yeah, one. right. Yeah. New Lothrop ended up coming out on top on that one. Are they a favorite again? In, in I, I, they're, they're my favorite because of Avery Moore, their quarterback. We're going to look at what he can do. We saw what he did in the finals last year. He's been doing the entire season. They got a big week win a couple weeks ago against Montrose, winning by 20 against the Rams, who's a good team. But this is a big physical kid who has done it all and has seen it all in his career. You see how he can ad-lib there with a little pitch 
to get the touchdown. And this was a very entertaining game, and New Orleans hasn't slowed down a step this year. They're still putting a ton of points on the board. Defensively, they're solid, too. This is, they've only allowed 64 points and scored 361. But they can be challenged now. There's a couple on the other side, Puama West Area, who they actually meet on their side in the regional final, is very good. And on the bottom side, you have Clinton and Jackson, Lumen Christie. This isn't one of the best teams Herb Brogan has had over the years, yeah. but they're still solid. You know they're going to be well-prepared and well-coached. Boy, a lot of playoff pedigrees yeah. in all of that division, for sure. We're going to have a new champion in Division 6 this season. We'll unveil the 32 teams who will try... And, and so we have our Division 7 pairings, and Snooze was spot on, and according to his Week 9 projections, every single matchup correct according to Snooze and his Week 9 projections. We're in time, it's time for a short break here. When we return, we'll kind of take us through step-by-step step of all these divisions and what we found out right here on Sports Radio 1021. If you're in the market for a pre-owned or like-new vehicle of any make or model, make your life enjoyable by going to Thompson Car Company in Bad Axe. Located just north of Big Boy on North Van Dyke Road, come in and see Mike Kish at Thompson Car Company, and he'll get you on the road in your new ride in no time. No used car gimmicks and no lemons. Just the best quality at the best price. Any make, any model, anywhere, Thompson Car Company will find it just for you. To see their entire top-of-the-line inventory, stop in or go online at thompsoncarco.com and find out why so many go Thompson. That's thompsoncarco.com. Grab your horses and go. It's the time for the postseason. The pairings have been decided in Divisions 8, 7, and both divisions in 8-player football. All of our local teams have now been designated there. They have their marching orders, and giddy up, here we go. Gentlemen, let's start out. Uh, we, we've got the next 35 minutes to discuss all this, so let's let's backtrack all the way to 8-player football in Division 1, Division 2, and then we'll go to Division 8, followed by Division 7. That will be the next... 35 minutes here on the strong side. So let's go back to Division 1 of 8-player football. These are the larger schools, and gotta, this is... I need to compose myself. Yep, yep, Paul, calm down yeah, now. Calm down. Uh, so uh, <laughs> this is where the MHSA said, you know what, we're just going to we're gonna throw Snooze off his game to start our show. And so they pretty much threw everything out the window and went with this. So it is Mayville and Mayo and Misick and Kingston. Brimley in Sutton's Bay, Gaylord, St. Mary, and Pelston. That is one side of the bracket, and that is the north. On the east, southern bracket, the eight teams there would be Camden, Frontier, Colon, Bellevue, and Martin. And the other side of that region, or that bracket, would be Flint International at Deckerville, and the New Haven Merritt at Morris. So you're going to have Deckerville and Morris meeting in a regional championship. Potentially. Potentially. Yeah. Um... I'll say this before we start, and then I'll get off the MHSA. This is proof to me that the MHSA doesn't care about eight-player football at all and views it as a nuisance. Uh, th- this district, the, these these regions, geographically, make no sense. So let's uh, let's break it down a little simpler. <laughs> so uh, that, okay, yeah. so let, let let me just uh, let me put my direction on this a little bit. If you cut the lower peninsula in half, the tip of the thumb, and drew a line straight across the lower peninsula of Michigan, you will find six teams north of that line and you will find the other 10 south of that line. 
So at some way, shape, or form, there is going to be a first-round region where there are four teams that are spread way apart. And it was either going to be the west side of the state or it was going to be the thumb. a jumble in the thumb. Yep. And the thumb drew the short end of that straw because they grabbed Mayo and pulled them into our district. They grabbed uh, Gaylord St. Mary's, which is west of I-75, and pulled them into a first-round matchup with a thumb team. So the way that Snooze had it set up, he had our four local teams in the same regional round. And then he had the west western side of the region spread out, which would have been originally Martin, Bellevue, Sutton's Bay, and Mesick, the left side of the state in the same region. So it didn't matter one way or the other. Somebody was going to get hosed with a long drive because it mathematically with only 16 teams throughout the entire state and you throw in the the UP where we do have a team, we have to have a team right by the bridge, somebody was getting the long drive and it ends up being these teams coming to play Deckerville, which means we get a Morris matchup a week earlier. But that's what I don't understand, Dave. Is, is, is you oh, have I'm, a, I'm you not have, justifying it. Oh, I'm no, just no. explaining it to oh, the people yeah, that are absolutely. out there. Absolutely. But when you have a Deckerville, Mayville, and Kingston, they're all together. Uh, very close to each other why are you splitting them why if if you are concerned about travel which that is part of the selection process is travel why on earth did you do this i'm not i'm not even looking at this from a competitive standpoint from a travel standpoint what they did makes no sense and remember we talked you know i I just gave a quick tidbit about gaylord st mary that's not your average four and five team that's a team that was forced to forfeit a bunch of games so that is a that's a tough team yeah with a great nickname by the way i believe they are their snowbirds nice i I don't think that had anything to do with it but they have no winter sports (laughs) (laughs) The the way it does is they took the four most northern teams and paired them together which they would grab uh would that be sutton's bay and then they grab the up team which is uh, brimley and then you see pelston's up there so they, they grabbed those four teams and pulled them the four most northern teams and pulled them together and then they took the four outliers in the lower peninsula the lower left hand corner of the of the lower hand of michigan and put those four teams together and they saw six teams uh, excuse me, two, four, six. They saw eight teams in the middle of the state <laughs> and split those four up. And of course, they pull the two into. They split our four well, in half. They which, did not do. They did not do Deckerville and Morris any favors. So what? I, what? The way I would have done it differently, and and it doesn't really help your case, is you would have taken the number two and the number four seam in the purple division, which is the way Snooze had it, which was Morris and Flint International, and you could have pulled them north to Brimley. And three, which is Misik. You could have done that way and kept your four teams together. If you look at three blue, one orange, and the two purple teams north, you could have pulled them together. But somehow those eight teams in the middle had to be drawn together. And the teams that were bunched the tightest are the ones they split up. I'm seeing I'm sense. seeing the potential for a first round Saturday games with some of the travel that's gonna hap- that's gonna be happening. Especially an eight player, yeah. I I, I wouldn't Doubt that, especially if you're in that, uh, if you're looking at Kingston and uh, Mayville. I mean, you're looking at going against Misick and Mayo. I mean, you're you're uh, you're you're over the 45th parallel at that point. But <laughs> so uh, some interesting matter. But let's take a look at the specific matchups here. Let's take a look at. Let's start out with uh, Mayville and Mayo. 
Do you know anything about Mile? They're, I know nothing the about Thunderbolts. Mile. I know that. Oh, oh, uh, all right. That's well, a great nickname. Some some very thorough investigation here so far. <laughs> it's a great area to go uh, vacation. Yeah, and then Kingston is at Misik, I do believe. And to answer your question, no, I have no idea. I don't okay. even know where Misik is uh, uh, until I look at the map. So um, it's a long ways away. So very limited knowledge. And and like Dave said uh, earlier, it's a lot of new names popping up in eight player football and and. You know, Misik and Mayo. Mayo just made the move, I think, a few years ago. And Misik, I don't know anything about them. Misik, that'd be like south of Traverse City, kind of almost in the Maca- north of Macosta uh, by Kingsley, somewhere in that region, yeah, if I, if I, I do I believe. Agree, I agree with that, uh, That just by looking at this map. But, yeah, Kingsley would have a home game against Misik. But, yeah, it is it is completely different than what we had it, we had it going at. And, like I said, you would think that you take your most tightly bunched teams, which is – and I'm not favorite because it's ours, but you look at this map and you see a bunch of thumb teams right there. So circle those four. But what they did is they took the four northern teams, the absolute furthest north teams, and bunched them together. And they took the farthest teams to the bottom and paired them together and then divided the eight teams up in the middle, which, again, for our coverage, is going to really spread us out, even though the first two games go through Deckerville. So uh, let's move on to... Division two of eight player football. These are the smaller schools in division foot uh, division two of eight player football. And Snooze was spot on here. So this is a, just as projected in this one. This is where you have such a, a distance between each opponent just because of the the, the location of the school. Nothing you're, you're, you can do about that. Absolutely nothing. So our local region here we have <clears throat> Kindy at uh Peck. And the difference between those two schools is one tenth of a point. So Peck will have the home game against North Huron. And that's a bitter pill to swallow if you're North Huron. You have one more win than Peck and a head-to-head uh, win over Peck, and you still have to go on the road for your first round game. And then Bay City All Saints at Portland St. Patrick, which is uh, west of Lansing, uh, 96 there. So or that's 69 at that point. That is that is no, that the, is ninety six. That yeah. is the absolute closest team to the thumb in that situation, and you can angle up and say that maybe Marion is your next closest one. But and that, and that, that was it. a possibility. I thought that might have been a possibility to pull Marion over, but geographically on the map, this is what makes sense in uh, with the sixteen teams that qualify. So yeah, there's a lot of distance here, but you're not going to hear me uh, criticizing the MHS, MHSA over this one because this is what needed to happen in order to form four regions. They have less decision to make in this one. There are five UP teams in this in this one. There was only one in the last one we talked about. So those five, you can instantly, there is no way around it. The four that are furthest up there in the UP are going to be playing together, and the one closest to the bridge is going to come across the bridge and play the other three that are closest to the, to the Mackinac Bridge. So the, a lot of this makes sense, and uh, we obviously knew between Bay City and Peck and North Huron that they would be together. It was just a matter of who was going to have be pulled into it, and they obviously chose Portland St. Patrick, which is a familiar name. We've seen them in the yeah, second and third round before. They're a so. perennial uh, contender getting to uh, regionals and semifinals. So what can we expect in that Peck-North Huron game? I, I thought North Huron controlled that game pretty well. Um, Peck has really struggled here down the stretch. Uh, their only blue division win was over Burton Atherton and Coming off a shutout to Deckerville, forty-eight to nothing. Um, it, it just it hasn't been the the end of the season that the, the Pirates had hoped for because they started fairly well and and uh, was thinking you know maybe maybe just maybe they they could make some noise but really didn't. 
And uh, I, I think North Huron uh, getting kind of uh, uh, dissed a little bit going on the road. They feel like, okay, you know, we got something to prove. And uh, I'm gonna, I would say North Huron again is the favorite in this game. But uh, going on the road is uh, it's, it's going to be a tall order to to face uh, a you know fairly decent pack team. Anything's possible. It's playoff time, so you can throw out uh, past games and everything else. But I'm with you. I, I saw live for four quarters. I saw North Huron come into Deckerville and play them as tough as anybody has i agree keeping deckerville to 18 points i thought that was very impressive it was a it was a windy night but it was a nice day it was not like the field is in bad shape um so i certainly thought i saw the upside of north huron they have some talent they have some big bodies they have a couple guys with some nice speed um i like the change they made with uh, with hoodie moving him around i think that team has shaped itself out to playing some better football and i i think they get this win and they're they're set up in a second round game where they have to travel to lansing to see Portland St. Patrick. Yeah, I, it, and I'm sure North Huron would certainly love another shot at Portland St. Patrick. That was the team they lost to in the state semifinals two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. yeah. So, all right, so it's, uh, we have a player. And hopefully, um, in a little side note on that game, hopefully they can uh, get the field in decent condition. Uh, Portland St. Patrick doesn't have its own field. Uh, it's a shared situation. And oh. uh, the night before North Huron played that semifinal game, there was a game, and that field was borderline unplayable so hopefully they can get that that uh, all figured out maybe there won't be a game the night before but if there is they need to uh think about the safety of the kids and unplayable field conditions well they could send it up to vancouver and play a preseason nfl game up there How about sure, that? sure. All right. 80 yard field yeah. why not all right it's time for another short break when we return we'll take a look at division eight as well as division seven right here on sports radio 1021 when we ask are you sure We just don't mean it in the sense of utilizing one of our primary care clinics or pharmacies in Pigeon, Caseville, Elkton, or Seabwing. Or stopping by our vision center, senior living, our wellness center, or walk-in clinic that's open more days than Bronner's. When you're sure, it's a whole lot more. It means being one with the community. Our team of nearly 500 healthcare professionals wear a lot of hats, especially in the community. Sure teammates are organizers of local festivals, active members in chambers of commerce, volunteers at food pantries, teammates for Relay for Life, coaches for youth soccer, board members of local nonprofit foundations. They organize parades, are active in church, donate to charity, and they'll even sit on a roof for a good cause. So when we say we are sure, it's just not providing the best health care in the entire thumb. It's caring about the thumb for a better thumb. No matter the temperature or type of weather we have, We've got your back, because we know you have ours, too. Sure. Better health. Better life. Are you sure? So you're taking a look now at Division 8, the pairings of the MHSA playoffs, as you're listening to The Strong Side on Sports Radio 1021, being brought to you by Active Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine, Randy's Hunting Center of Bannocks, Thumb Bank and Trust, Thompson Chevrolet, and Sure, Better Health, Better Life. All right, let's take a look at Division 8. Are you sure? There you go. All right, sorry. Sorry, I'm leaving. I feel like everyone, if they're driving, just rear-ended the car in front of them because they were waiting for it. 
I did that on one commercial. You got to do the payoff, Clark. I, I, I did that on one commercial intentionally, and people were literally falling over when I played it for them. So, all right, Rand, let's move on to actual football instead of advertisements. Uh, Division 8, we have uh, Harbor Beach hosting Saginaw MLS, and then the game, uh, which should, is a doozy. USA on the road at Ubley. That is your local district. The winner of that one, of that district, will then go on to play with the winner of Carson City Crystal Falls in Breckenridge and Merrill in Novell on the other side of that region. Yeah, I like the way that broke out. Uh, it's exactly the way it should have went. Um, you know, we predicted one of those Saginaw teams would, would be in. It's Saginaw MLS. I'm not sure what the criteria uh, for MLS. I think Novell probably geographically is a little west. And they, they Technically, probably, yes. Yeah, so they just they just basically drew a line and pulled MLS over, which is fine. MLS, we thought, was a really good team to begin the season. They are not. Um, just off a 21-15 to 15 win over uh, Reese to end the season, has really limped into the playoffs and I think is, a, is just the kind of team that Harbor Beach needs to see. Harbor Beach needs to see a team that it hasn't seen before. Uh, so an unknown, somebody that uh, gives them a fresh look and uh, gives them a little excitement to play. I think this is just what the doctor orders for the Pirates. And I, Coach Shelke has been clear that he, he enjoys playing new teams. Uh, to me, that is, uh, I think that is a, an advantage to him that he can do different things. And I think Coach Sweeney and a lot of your your perennial playoff coaches, I think a lot of them feel that way. Like these teams don't know us inside and out, and there are no surprises. Every team that comes in and watches film, they can do whatever they want to them. So I, I think that is an advantage. And again, a Harbor Beach team that's not rolling into the playoffs like maybe Cass City is, I, I think in that perspective is a good thing. The Saginaw Michigan Lutheran Seminary team had high expectations this year. They were preseason ranked extremely high right there with reading as the best team in division eight. And, uh, they have four losses on their schedule or three losses on their schedule. And, uh, they barely beat Reese last week. Um, that is just signs that they are vulnerable. So it, it it's appearing to be a fairly easy game for Harbor Beach. And, and again, you take and nothing for granted Shelf, in the playoffs. Would caution you about you take saying nothing anything's for, easy. Take nothing for granted in the playoffs. But I would redirect that question as this. Would you rather play Saginaw MLS or would you rather play Ubley or USA? And I think the answer is Saginaw MLS, and I don't think it is a question. You know what USA had brought to the table, and you know what Ubley is. And those are teams that you'd rather them beat each other up and only have to play one of them. And if I'm Ubley right now? That USA is the last team I want to play. Uh, it's a team that you absolutely embarrassed in week one. We talked about that. It was uh, 20, 28 to 6, I believe, was the final in that game. And it wasn't even close. If it wasn't for a Walker Foley 90 yard run at, you know, escaping contain, USA wouldn't have scored at all and, and didn't get a first down until the fourth quarter in that game. That's not going to be the same way this time around. So I'm cautioning Ugly fans right now to just. Forget about week one because this is not the same team that you saw. This is a team that has really figured itself out and really come together as a team and uh, very, very hungry to make a statement here and uh, and get another shot at Harbor Beach. I, th- I think both of these teams want another shot at Harbor Beach. Uh, I, I certainly agree with you about it. And I think um, I wouldn't necessarily caution Ubley, but I think that those fans better get their tickets because I think they're in for an awesome football game back and forth, defensively sound. Um, USA is playing some good football right now, and so is Ubley, and that's exactly what you want. Two teams that I think now, at this point in the season, are very evenly matched 
And let's roll right into Division 7 now as we have uh, Cassidy hosting Sandusky and the Lakers hosting Madison Heights Bishop Foley. The, that, that one the, surprises the me. State, I'm not going to lie. The state runners up from a year ago are traveling to Lakers as Lakers has uh, about three and a half more playoff points than Madison Heights Bishop Foley. No, excuse me. Yeah, that's that's or was it Madison Heights Madison? Madison Heights Madison was the finals. I take that back. Regardless, though, Bishop Foley is coming to Laker country. And uh, Sandusky at Cass City. No, Sandusky, I presume, is still without DeLorean Wedge. And you talk, and DeLorean Wedge, as far as I know, is not returning. That's a fractured hand. But you want to talk about a, a nice little playoff rivalry that's been brewing between the Red Hawks and the, and the Redskins. Uh, what, what was it, four, five years ago? Seven-nothing game over oh, there in Sandusky. Right. And then last year they met. It was uh, there for that. Uh, Cassidy right, yeah. won in another very close game, 32-28. to 28. So these two teams, no strangers to each other, and when they play, boy, it, it's usually a pretty close game. I'm not sure this time around with uh, with missing DeLoren Wedge and the way that this Cassidy uh, defense has been clicking and the offense is coming together, uh, it, it's going to be a tall order for Sandusky this time around to duplicate the last two times these teams have met in the playoffs where it's been a one-score game. I, I think this is the perfect draw for Cass City, uh, rolling at the right time. But just two weeks ago, uh, Sandusky played Harbor Beach through two and a half quarters. I mean, it was straight up. So, um, you know, Sandusky proved that it's got a pretty good defense, but I don't know if it's good enough. And offensively, if you could only generate 22 against Bad X, what are you going to do against the best team, best defense in the Greater Thumb Conference? If I was sitting in the room with Coach Cathrell and his team right now, we are celebrating because this could not have gone any better for the Cass City Redhawks. And if there's any school out there that deserves a break in the postseason, it is the Cass City Redhawks. Uh, and I'll say this again, I said it once and it still doesn't seem right. They do not have a district championship to their name. And for the last three weeks, my theory was in my own head that they weren't going to get one because they were going to get New Lothrop. They were just, New Lothrop was going to be in their district and they were just going to rain on their parade because I don't think anybody would argue with me if I say I think New Lothrop's going back to Ford Field. And I, they have a tall task in front of them. Division 7 is loaded with perennial teams that have won multiple state championships. But with them bringing Madison Heights Bishop Foley, a 6 and 3 team that has less playoff points than the Lakers at the 6 and 3. This should this is teeing up to be a district that can, Cass City can handle, and I love their chances, and I think they got a very good draw. And looking into their region farther on, they're going to host a couple games, and I wish them all the luck because this is exactly what they needed. Because I don't know the health of Santa Cathrell, so if this is a game where he can play quarterback and hand the ball off and get through and buy that shoulder a couple weeks without taking too many hits, that is a good thing. But it's a shame that he's not healthy and DeLorean Wedge, because that game would be a lot more intriguing, I think, if they were both healthy. No question about it, and you you have to wonder if you're Coach Cathrell, do you roll the dice and think, Maybe we don't play Sandin another week, uh, knowing that Sandusky's not quite up to the level of the teams that they've played so far. If you, I mean, let's be honest, Sandusky's the number three team in the East, and Cassidy just shredded the number two team in the East. It, it's a it's a decision that they're going to have to make. Get, get them another week's, a week of rest and gear up for what will be the biggest game in Cassidy history. If they can get by Sandusky, they will host a district championship and, and try for the first time ever to get one of these. You know, 
Harbor Beach kind of takes it for granted. It's a district champion almost every other year, but it just doesn't happen like that for uh, Cass City. And, and this is this is it. It's lining up for them, and uh, you know, see what happens. I I don't see any way Santa Catherine does not play in that game. I, I don't know this. I don't know severity of the injury. I don't know what the situation is, but I think there's a way where he can be involved. He plays quarterback. I do not dial up his number unless I absolutely need it. Um, maybe he doesn't play all the downs on defense. I, I just don't see a way he doesn't play. I don't know. Well, you know per- he wants to play. I don't know him personally, but I, I know the type of player that he is, and there is no way that he will not put that uniform on, and I don't care who coaches or if he lives with the coach. I don't know how <laughs> that that is going to go over well this week, but uh, for Cassidy, it's still rounding out in good shape, and, and it's maybe this, this one of those was, deals where he starts the game, and if things go Cassidy's way, he can then stand on the sideline and roll the rest of the game. But it's just not the way Cassidy plays. If you're, you're you're active, you play. If you're not active, you don't play. It's pretty cut and dry with Coach Cottrell most of the time, so it'll be interesting to see how this week of practice I'll goes. say this. For being the smallest team in Division Seven, this was the perfect draw for Cassidy oh, absolutely. to try to get that first district championship and get themselves to a regional in a fairly winnable regional when you're looking at the other side of uh, of that region it's a it's a region that that can be won for Cassidy so all of a sudden you could go from possibly never having a district championship to having a district having a regional and appearing in a semifinal that's all possibility all in front of Cassidy the talent is there i'm telling you the the focus is there everything's there the coaching the the fan support this team is special, and I think it has a very good chance to get to the semifinals. Now, that would be against Jackson Lumen Christie in all likelihood, but you take your chances and you and you relish in the experience and the opportunity to play in something that you've never had before. And I, you know, before you get there, it's got to be Sandusky and take you know take it game by game. But I think Cass City has a chance to have a special postseason. You have to get the monkey off your back. You have to break the barrier. And if this is the draw that they have needed, this is their opportunity. Because I don't see anybody that scares me until Jackson Lumen Christie. And at that point, it's mission accomplished. You are playing on house money. Go out there and give them the best you got because you drew Jackson Lumen Christie in the semifinal. You avoided. Traverse City, St. Francis. You avoided Powama, Westfield. You avoided New Lothrop. All these schools have multiple state championships when you add them together. You dodged those bullets. Now is your time to shine. And I think this team knows it, and they're ready to go. It's time for a short break. When we return, we'll be taking a look at our broadcast schedule for the next few weeks right here on Sports Radio 1021, home of the WLW Sports Network. For everything to do with hunting, visit Randy's Hunting Center at the East End of Bad Axe. Look for the 40-foot-tall log cabin showroom with over 40 wildlife mounts from around the world. Randy's Hunting Center has crossbows by Darton, Wicked Ridge, Ten Point, and Raven, along with scopes, arrows, and accessories. Archery specialists ready to get you shooting this same day. Stay warm and dry in handmade cedar blinds in all sizes, starting at $425. Find over 4,500 new rifles, shotguns, and handguns in stock, including the Ruger American Rifle and 450 Bushmaster. Over 170 variations of a bow action rifle. That is a legal alternative in the shotgun zone and is fully capable of three inch groups at 300 yards. Get a Ruger Go Wild 22 inch camouflage 450 Bushmaster with muzzle brake for only $499.95. Randy's Hunting Center can drill and tap your slug guns, mount and bore sight scopes, offers custom sight in service, and they sell hunting and fishing licenses. Visit the website randyshuntingcenter.com and check out their Facebook page. Hi, I'm Randy Brown. Get your best deal at Randy's Hunting Center at the East End of Bad Axe. Call 269 GUNS 989 269 GUNS. 
Left side or right side, you're listening to The Strong Side. We're down to our last four minutes here of our two-hour postseason special. Let's talk about our upcoming future here. So let's let's take you through the science of how we select broadcast games. It's a little tricky, so we have realistically five local games. Flint International at Deckerville, North Huron at Peck, Sandusky at Cass City, Bishop Foley at Lakers, Saginaw MLS at Harbor Beach, and USA at Ubley. Right off the bat, we have to scratch out USA at Ubley. Because of our, our history broadcasting at Ubley, it just does not work for us. We cannot get a signal out. We just cannot risk being off air in the playoffs. But it should be noted, that's the game we want to do. That's the game we would absolutely be covering if we had a signal. Yeah, Guaranteed. It, it, yeah, and my, my vote goes to that game. Um, and to be honest with you, I, if something happened and that game was in USA, we would be there in, in a, a heartbeat. Absolutely. I would be signing most, that one up. Most importantly, there's two of our local teams in the same game, which is the biggest reason why we'd like to do that one. No, so then you take a look at uh, Bishop Foley at Lakers. It's not really the greatest matchup, Bishop Foley. I mean, especially with uh, Lakers, how beat up they are. They're starting a freshman quarterback. Just give them a year. Yeah, absolutely. That'd probably be the game we'd cover. But then where that factors into is the other side of that bracket is a Sandusky at Cass City. That's a game that will more than likely be on Caro's 92.1. Let's talk sports. They'll be there. Scott Bulls being crew. So there's no need to step on toes and cover two stations covering one game. So you take out those Division 7, Caro 92-1 will have those games for us. So then you take a look in uh, eight-player football, North Huron at Peck. We just frankly cannot fit in their booth. We have too much gear. We just cannot do it. And then Deckerville hosting Flint International. That's just not going to be a good game. That is a running clock situation. Yeah. There's, it's, it's not oh, a game. Oh, we've narrowed it down. So we've narrowed it down. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I didn't. I don't want to cover this game realistically because I want to be in Ubley for the USA game. But that leaves Saginaw MLS at Harbor Beach. That that's the that's the only. I was hoping for different cards to be played here, but uh, unfortunately, we'll have to be broadcasting from Harbor Beach as they host Saginaw MLS. And then realistically, we'll probably be setting up shop for the following week because the winner of USA Ubley will be probably playing Harbor Beach, and that scheme will cover. And that game will be in Harbor Beach, so at least we'll get a signal, and you'll be able to hear us. And, and certainly, we'll have two, again, another opportunity at two local teams in the same building where we can cover and get both of them in at the same time. So that's the science behind us. So uh, through uh, order of deduction, it will be on air on Sports Radio 1021. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, Rochelle Thompson, Dan Benke will be back on air this coming Friday at 6.05 Have we confirmed that, though, yet? Well, well, that's true. It, depending, Saginaw MLS historically has played on Friday yeah. night when they just went want up to, to make sure that's, that's confirmed. Right. Yeah. So whenever that game is, and if as, as Harbor Beach and MLS will be the game of the week on the WLW Sports Network. So on behalf of Paul P. Adams, Dave Hansen, we'll see you once again on f- whenever Friday or Saturday, whenever Harbor Beach and Saginaw MLS are playing. That will be your game of the week. The playoffs are here, and it's now win or go home right here on Sports Radio 1021. Live and worldwide at WSports.com and now in podcast form. Download your podcast in whatever form you'd like iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and anywhere else podcasts are played, or just go to WSports.com for any replay you'd like to hear. On behalf of Paul P. Adams, Dave Hanson, I'm Clark Ramsey. Thank you for listening tonight. We will see you once again in the postseason right here on your home for high school football, the WSports Network.